Satania Fadanta. Afanemania Fasosemania Felia Funtia Manastafania. A mafia high, Famian, I missed to farm your high apostle over you. A friend to many high apostle over you. A crest of a high apostle over you. A fret and me high apostle over you. A cast of a high apostle over you. I've come and a high apostle over you. A front of my apostle over you. For apostle over you. A fret and a cut of a high apostle over you. For an apostle over you. Sent to you. Sent to you. Sent to you. For to make you to see the apostle. The apostle of your profession. The apostle of your calling. For a make you high apostle over you. I've come to make an high, high apostle over you. High apostle over you to make you to see, to see the height, the height of the apostle of your profession. I've come, I've opened eyes, I've opened eyes and I've blessed, I've blessed, I've blessed and I've blessed and I've come to stand by you for to bless. For there is much more I have for you. There is much more I have for you, my son. There is more. There is more from where you received. There is more. There is more. There is more in me. And I've come and I apostle over you. I've come. I sent to you. I sent to you. I sent to you for to make you to see and see and see again. And see and see and see again. I've come to bless you. I've been sent to bless you. I've been sent to bless you. You are ordained for blessing and every day because I am by you, you are blessed and you are forever blessed for this is your calling and this is your profession. I've been sent upon you. I've been sent to you and I've been sent for you. It is blessing. It is blessing. It is blessing. I've been sent to you for come with me. Follow me for there is much more. There is much more. There is much more. I've been opened up to you. I have been opened up to you. There is much more. For I have given you sight for to see again. For Thanks for coming alive in my realm. Thank you for coming alive in my realm. Thank you for coming alive with a sight I've previously given. But with this new sight, I give you that you will come alive again. That you would come alive again. I've been sent to you. I'm an eye apostle over you. I am an eye apostle over you. I apostle over you. Over you. Over you. I'm an eye apostle over you. And I've been sent to you. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. 
I've given gifts. I have blessed you with gifts. I have blessed you with gifts. I have blessed you with gifts that you will yet come into in many, many days and years to come. I have blessed and endowed you with gifts. For it is my gift. It is my gift. It is my gift. And I've given you a heart and a capacity. I have enlarged your territory. I have enlarged your capacity. I have enlarged your coast. I have opened wide. I have opened wide. I have opened wide. For you see, as wide as I am, I am opening you wide. I am opening you wide. I am extending and expounding you. You so threaten me, for there is much gift in me. I am expanding you. I am gifting you. I am gifting you. I have gifted you, but I will yet gift you. I am gifting you. I am gifting you even of myself. As wide Wide and huge as I am, I am giving you. I am enlarging your capacity. I am enlarging your territory. I am expounding you. I am expounding you by my light, by my light, by the glorious light, by the glorious light, even the light of the Godhead. I am expounding you. I am opening you. I am opening you that you may less a pantia, Lepota, Elepota, Emepota, Epremipota, Epremipota. Come through the portal. I've opened the portal to you. Come through the portal. Come through the portal. For I see you. I see you. Come through the portal. Come through the portal. It is open to you. It is open to you. For as you come, you receive gifts. Every step of the way is a gift for you. It is a gift for you. It is a precious gift. For I see your heart pants for this gift. I've opened it to you. I've opened it to you. As you pant and long and come, you receive the gift. For I am even much more willing and I will help you to receive all of it. All of it. All of it. Gift. 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 I give you gift. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Um, did I say that I bring greetings from Daddy and Mommy? Yes. Okay. Yes. So they send their love and they are looking forward to being here in September by God's grace. So um, they, they will both be here live and direct, you know, in. They will be in Edmonton, of course, for convention, and they will be here in Ottawa um, right after that or sometime. So um, the dates, there will be teach, teachings here from September 12th 
is a Tuesday, is it? 12th, is a Tuesday, yes. So, so they will be here, September 12th, we'll have meetings until this Saturday, that will be the 16th. So here in Ottawa, September 12th to 16th, by God's grace. Um, so um, plan towards it, prepare for it. Um, invite people, who, people who you feel that the Lord would want to, you know, to show He's shed His light upon their soul, to have mercy upon. Just prayerfully, you know, the Lord can can tell you. The times are, are changing; seasons have changed. Um, that is, um, the Bible says that a light, you cannot put a light, a city on a hill cannot be hidden, and you can't put, turn on the light and put it under a, a, a busher. <laughs> you get, um, so is, this is the time of salvation, and Satan, the enemy is not slow in terms of his ravaging souls and killing souls. There are some souls who, who if they are not, if the Lord doesn't get to them, after some time, they might be gone forever. So, and that's one of the things the Lord ministered to me in this time. He said that there is no time anymore that he wants to save people. And that, um, and those who are, who are stewards of the word of salvation should, we should have a sensitivity towards that. God, the Lord has helped us, you know, a lot to focus and to to carry the seed of His Word um, and, and have that you know the, your priority of your soul salvation. You know that's all, that's your, the foremost priority, and that's how it's supposed to be. And I and I bless God for you guys being able to maintain that focus. You understand? But the Lord is telling that He wants to save a lot people who you think cannot be saved. Those are the, he said those are the kinds that he wants to save. Uh, glory to Jesus. Um, praise God. So uh, if the Lord ministers to your heart by leading of the Spirit, that there's anyone who the Lord wants to save, praise Jesus. Um, the word of righteousness doesn't belong to anybody. It belongs to God. And, it's, and, and God who will have all men to be saved. He's no respecter of person. He's no respecter of anything. Uh, he's no respecter of culture, nations, tribes. God doesn't respect those things. Glory to God. He can reach out. It's not, the arm of God is not too short for him to save. There's nobody who is beyond his reach for salvation. You understand that? Praise the Lord. Glory to Jesus. And I hope we are getting ready for Edmonton, our convention yes in so that will be six to ninth of september praise jesus thank you father um so the book of isaiah we're reading um chapter isaiah chapter two it says and it shall come to pass in the last days that that the mountain of the lord's house the mountain of the lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains, 
and shall be exalted above the hills. And what will happen? All nations, all nations shall do what? Shall flow into it. So um, it says, first of all, it's telling you in the last days. So this is a, is a picture of the last days. Now, in the last days, there are certain things that will characterize the last days from um, the perspective of Isaiah here that is teaching. You have to go from chapter one to get the concept of, or to get the um, context of these days and of this time, which he's speaking about you know, in, in chapter one. It's long, but um, he, he was saying the vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, um, Isaiah 1, I won't read the whole thing, but I, I see, let's just pick some things from there. The vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the days of Isaiah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Ezekiah, and the kings of old, of Judah. So when he say the vision concerning Judah, praise God. He, a, a vision concerning who? Concerning, concerning Judah. Judah is not all of Israel. Yes. Judah is a, he's talking about the, 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 the Judah is actually the seat of dominion. It's a tribe that the, uh, the, 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 the throne of Israel, which is the throne of God in Israel, because that was God's actual passion and actual vision for Israel is to make Israel not just a, an anyhow nation, to make Israel to be a priestly nation, to be not just a priestly nation, but also to be a kingly nation, right? And he wanted to establish a kind of dominion in, in where? In, in Israel. Praise Jesus. Uh, and so, but the, eventually that dominion landed, it rested. When it finally rested, it rested in the house of, or in the house of J.C., right, in the tribe of Judah, which was upon David. So David was looking for, God was looking for a prototype man for his kind of dominion that will give expression for his kind of dominion in, in Israel. You know, it, it, it went all the way down from Reuben, went through Reuben, went through Joseph, went from Joseph, went to Benjamin. Then from Benjamin, it landed in Judah. Glory to God. Saul, the son of Kish, was, a, was he a Benjamite? He was a Benjamite. Glory to God. But he couldn't, <laughs> his own, they, God tried. You know, he started well. Saul started in the spirit, which is the, that's the, always the beginning point for, for God's dominion or for dominion in the spirit to rest. God's kind of dominion follows spiritual order. If you're not, if you're not able to, to bring the, 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 the environment of the spirit, you will not cause the, the, the dominion of God to find its expression. It is only through the spirit 
that the dominion of you call the kingdom finds expression. He said that it's a righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So that is the kingdom of God. It has to be, it has to be in the Holy Ghost that the expression of God's kingdom must be. There must be something about the spirit that must create all the preparation for there to be an expression of God's kind of dominion. So if you read the book of Samuel, you see how Saul started. They had to do a, a spiritual arrangement for him to, to make him company among the prophets. And then they caused him to company among the prophets and they caused the spirit to rest on him in a heavy measure that Saul broke through and began to prophesy. And they began to wonder, has Saul, the son of Kish, has he become one of the prophets? He began to move with the prophet and began to prophesy with them. Glory to God. And, and that's how God led Samuel to him, to anoint him. And then he became king of Israel. But um, he, he couldn't continue. Some things fought him and spoiled his heart that his heart couldn't, couldn't maintain the discipline of, that it takes for, to carry the dominion of God. Praise Jesus. And so he fell out of that alignment. And then God said, I'm still, my search hasn't stopped. I'm going to tear the kingdom away. You know, that's what Samuel said to Saul. It's been torn away from you. God has removed it because you have rejected him. So, he will also reject you from being king. You no longer be a king unto him anymore. And then the spirit of searching God for, the, for a, a rest of his dominion continued. And he kept searching and searching until he then found a man called David. He said, I found a man, David, who is after my heart, my heart who will do what all my will. Then, so this, God started David with this spirit in the wilderness. And, but David was able to carry the the, the, the weight of the spirit, he was able to carry the, the cause of the spirit all through, and they kept testing him. They, kept, they had measure of spirit, they would test him. They would anoint him again. They would test him, they anoint him again. They kept anointing him and testing him until the final anointing in Judah occurred. You know, it was in Judah that the final anointing, which was the anointing for sitting, that took him upon the throne, happened to David. Glory to Jesus. So, so when this, this vision of Isaiah, he said that Isaiah, the son of Amos, that which he saw concerning Judah and what? Judah and Jerusalem. So Jerusalem is in Judea, is in Judah. So the vision, is this vision is a vision of the last time so this, the last time vision had to do more with the, with the tribe that carries the dominion or that carries the seat of the dominion for the nation. Because if, if that tribe is okay, the nation, the rest of the nations of Israel will be what? they will be fine. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Um, so vision, when you say the visions, 
vision, you know, this is all, it, all types also of New Testament souls. Right? They are types of what? New Testament, New Testament souls. So God can give visions and God gives prophecies in different seasons and different times in the church. God gives visions and God gives what? Prophecy. Well, it's not everything that someone sees that qualifies as, as vision or prophecy. One of the things that will characterize the last days are the types of vision and types of prophecy. Praise God. Hallelujah. The types of word vision and the type of prophecy will also be a characteristic of the last days. In other words, there are some things that the Lord will not see it fit to show men in the church in certain times. Remember, the Bible speaks about another outpouring of the Spirit that will happen in the last days, that he will pour out his Spirit upon our flesh, right? And then, but the Spirit will be poured out, but you will see, you will see certain expressions in certain people. This is Joel chapter 2. Praise God. Hallelujah. And it, it shall come to pass afterward. Amen, Amen. That I will pour out upon all flesh, my spirit upon all flesh. And then what will happen? Your sons and your daughters. So the spirit is poured out upon all flesh, but not all flesh will prophesy. Do you see that? It's not, not all flesh who prophesy. It is, it is sons and, and daughters. These are, when it says sons and daughters, they are talking about specific people. It has to do with, with a kind of, of stature in the spirit. Right? It has to do with development. There's a kind of development that will be able to, you know, spirit can be poured out, but to, to open up the information in the outpouring of the spirit. Not every kind, it takes stature to be able to decode. There's an outpouring. Everyone can sense there's an outpouring. There's a, a measure of the spirit. I know we are sensing outpouring. Outpouring is upon the church. You cannot deny it. You cannot deny it. There's something about the church. The, the, the church, those who are sensitive enough, we can begin to perceive that there's something about the spirit that actually the church has moved into the age of the spirit. Yes, sir. Do you understand that? Those who are a bit sensitive can perceive it. Those who don't, who serve only the things of men can take them time to perceive it. Those who are stuck in their own ways and who like their own things, glory to God. But, but those who have some bit of flexibility within their heart, some, a bit of, well, a little bit malleable, Within, who, are, who are not as full of themselves, but who have enough, of, a little bit of space to, to perceive another thing. Such, you know, not everyone has such kind of um, in, um, um, tuning, praise God. But those who do, they perceive something. Um, even across the denominations of churches in the body of Christ, you see some denominations are beginning to perceive we can't continue doing things the way they are. Uh, you see, even in places where 
normally they don't, anything spirited, they're not concerned, but now they're beginning to allow some spirit because it's just something in the, in the air that's just, you know, it's just, it's, an, it's the age of the spirit. It's the last days. There's much more spiritual, you know, um, presence. And the outpouring is gradual. You know, you know pouring is not instantaneous. All right, pouring, when you're pouring something, you pour, little comes. But because it's a pouring, it will continue to increase and increase and increase and increase. So this outpouring of the Spirit, it will take place over some time in the body of Christ. There will continue to be outpouring of the Spirit over the church. Glory to God. And every flesh that is positioned will have some kind of perception of the outpouring of the Spirit. But what this place is saying here is talking about those who will be able to not just sense there's an outpouring, but able to decode the measure or decode the information. Another way, the way the book of Revelation put it, so that he who has an ear, what he calls ear in the spirit is a mark of development, is a kind of development in the spirit that he who has an ear, then let him hear what the word, the spirit is doing what, is saying to the church. So it's very clear, it's very, very clear that that season of revelation was a time of an outpouring. It was actually a season of an, a word, an out, is a time when the Bible said, the spirit speaketh expressly. It's a particular season that the church will come upon where the spirit of God will begin to speak expressly. And those who, that's first Timothy chapter four, do you see it? He said, now the word, the spirit, that word, speaketh, that word, in the latter times. So the express speaking of the spirit is concerning the word, the latter times. As some will depart from the faith, of course, giving heed to seducing spirits and to do to what? To doctrines of what? Devil. This will not be your portion. Yeah. <laughs> but this will happen. It will happen. Glory to God. But rather, you will hear the things, what the what the Spirit is saying to what the church is. Right? It's different to, from perceiving the Spirit. It's not the same thing as hearing. Hearing what? Uh, right? You can, someone can perceive the Spirit. There will be some, some guys who perceive the spirit and start singing and dancing. They start singing spiritual songs, start singing all kinds of, going into all kinds of things. You start, oh, wow, music is changing. It's a different wind that they perceive to bring up all kinds of inspiration, different kind of singing, different kind of things, even all kinds of revelations too. We begin to talk and begin to open up. Glory to Jesus. That's just something about the spirit. That to make souls tangent more towards um, things, in, into towards spiritual mannerisms. It's going to happen even more. We're, the church of this last time's church is going to break into more spiritual mannerisms, different kind of operations of the spirit. Glory to God. Um, but in that season of 
when the outpouring is occurring, has a, or is occurring to all flesh, there will be specific people who don't just have a perception of that outpouring, but have equipment in them to decode and to hear what. There is a what about the outpouring. Do you understand what I'm trying to communicate to you? There is a, there is a what. What is specific? There is, is what the Spirit is saying. It's what the Spirit is saying. That in that season, the, by that time, the souls must have been developed. And the soul will have developed ears. Ears that are developed according to spiritual specification to extract information from the outpouring of the Spirit. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. So you see, that it shall come to pass, back to Joel chapter 2, verse 28, it shall come to pass afterwards. I love it, afterwards. Afterwards. Afterwards of what? Let's go back a little bit. I don't want to take too much time, but let's see the kind of season. Amen. Oh, okay, I have to open it. You see that? This that's verse 25. Joel. Mercy. You have to really go back. I don't know what verse, but what do you say, Benji? What's in twenty-three? What, 23, what's there? Okay, that's the rain, right? Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he had given you the word, former rain moderately, and it will cause to come down for you, what? The rain, right? Do you see that? He will give you the, first the former rain moderately, then he will cause the rain to fall, right? And then the former, and then what? The latter rain in what? The first month, then verse 24. And then the floor shall be full of wheat, the fat shall overflow with wine and oil, then verse 25. I will start to you the years the locust has eaten. Are you seeing that? The canker worm, the caterpillar, the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. So you see, this great army, are, they are eaters of years. Right? They, they are. Glory to God. Let's go back to 26. It says, And you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied, and praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall never, shall never be what? Ashamed. Verse 27. So that you shall know that I am the midst of Israel, and the Lord your God, none else, and my people shall never be ashamed. Verse 28. And then it will come to pass. You see, it will come to pass afterward. So before, you see this outpouring of the Spirit, it is, it, is, it is afterward, in a season, before this happens, rain has fallen. Former rain moderately. The rain has fallen. That's a full former rain. And then there's what they call the former rain and then what? Latter rain in the first month. So, so the latter rain and the former rain together in the first month. That's not the end of raining. It's just, it's, the, it's talking about the beginning of the latter rain. 
that will fall together with the former rain. But, they, but this outpouring is, is actually a latter rain outpouring. It is, it is what the, in the season of development will get to. Or everything before this is foundational. There are, there are rains that are foundational, or what you call preparation. There are rains that are preparation. You have preparation rain, then you have, you have outpouring. There is preparation, and then there is what? Outpouring. When you talk of outpouring, there's only one thing that will be poured out. Is what they call my spirit. My spirit is, is not Christ, right? It's something else. It is God. It's what he calls my spirit. Glory to God. So, but before my spirit can be poured out, Daddy taught this thing a lot in Lyle To just he showed all the preparations. New heart, heart of flesh. You see heart of flesh? Say heart of flesh. What is heart of flesh? What produces heart of flesh? Uh, can you tell me? Uh-huh. A new spirit. Then a new heart. Then what? New heart. New spirit. And then we take out the stony heart. Then the, what is that heart of flesh? Can you tell me? What is that season based on what we just put together now? Sorry, say it again. So the heart of flesh is what? A, a heart that has received the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. Do you see that? The former rain and the latter rain in the first month. That summarizes what we call preparation. It's all preparation for what we call my spirit. Right? You see from the book of Ezekiel. The whole season of preparation. You see the same thing in Isaiah chapter 28. When in Isaiah 28, they listed everything that he will lay in Zion. Right? Everything that will be laid in Zion. That's what Zion is, the mount of preparation. This is the mount for preparation. Everything that they lay in Zion is to, is to prepare the soul for something. Do you see that? So he said, therefore thus said the Lord God, Isaiah 28, verse 16, um, that behold, I lay in Zion first for it a foundation, first a stone, then a precious cornerstone, then finally, what? Sorry, a stone, then what? A tried stone, and then what? A precious, what? Cornerstone. A stone. A tried stone. A what? A precious cornerstone. Then finally, you see what? Sure. So what you call the precious cornerstone is what every stone is, is crystallized by water. Right? It is it's water within the soul, not, but it's water with materials, right? You know, water is spirit. 
right? But you know what? What causes crystallization is not just spirit, it's spirit and life that causes crystallization. So all of these are waters. These are water. So you have the water of faith, you have the water of, with, of hope, right? Then you have the water of charity. What crystallizes the precious cornerstone is the water of charity, right? That is the, the measure of the fullness of Christ. That's the, the stature of Christ, right? Is a, charity is a stone of, is a precious, what, corner stone. Am I making any sense to you? Yes. So this precious cornerstone is... is the nature of Christ, but what he calls sure foundation is higher than charity, but it's also a preparation. It still falls under the preparation category, but it's a kind of, it's like a slab they put on top of Christ. It's another kind of foundation with, with a, a higher quality than just Christ that makes it sure, right? There's first, there's what you call a foundation, and there's what you call a sure foundation, right? It's not possible for it to be sure without something better than just Christ involved in it. Am I making some sense to you? So, so when you, you begin to move above, beyond Christ and you begin to have dealings with the word of God. The first thing they will do that the word of God will do for you is to lay a foundation. That's the first thing. There's a foundation which is upon a foundation. Amen. Am I saying something to you? Is the word a foundation? That is what? That's upon what? A foundation. But this one is a sure foundation. It doesn't just have, it's not just formed by the former rain, the fullness of the former rain. It also has what? A portion of the latter rain mixed in with it. But it's the former rain and the latter rain in the, of the first month that, that initi is an initiation into, into the living dimension. Right, it's the you can call it the foundation for living. Right, the first foundation is the foundation for life, the sure foundation is the foundation for living. Am I correct? Yes, sir. Praise God. This is not the main message, it's just I'm trying to show you the scriptures, is to interpret more of the time and the season of the soul when these things are being said. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And he that believeth shall not make his glory. Okay, let's go back to that Joel, Joel chapter, <coughs> chapter two. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I will restore to you the years that the locust has what? Eating the canker worm caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army. Okay, let's go back to where we were before we left, went back. I will pour out my spirit 
upon what? All flesh, not here. The rain. Glory to God. And he will give, he will cause, he had given you the former rain moderately, he will cause to come down for you the rain, then what? And then the former, and then what? The latter rain in the what? In the first, in the first month, in the first month, in the first month. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So you see that this, this foundation here is the foundation for the outpouring. So later, let's go now to afterward. After all this has happened, then it will then come to pass. It shall come to pass afterward that I will then pour out my word. Spirit It's clear that this pouring out my spirit, it calls it upon all flesh. All right? This is all flesh, but among all flesh, there will be a specific kind of flesh. Do you see that? There will be a specific what? Kind of flesh. All flesh, it doesn't mean everybody. <laughs> it doesn't mean like all human beings, no. It's, um, it's, um, all flesh means that Every person that has begun transformation from stone to flesh, I mean, stone not in the terms of foundation, stone in the terms of hardness of heart against God, and against, which is where everybody's coming from. Right, we are, we are in journey of converting you from, that's what Christ is, Christ is a converter, to, to begin to convert men from having a stony heart. I will take out the stony heart from your flesh. I'll give you a, 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 a praise God. So when you say it's out of them that all this, all flesh, out of all flesh, there are different kinds of flesh and grades of flesh. The word flesh here is a description of heart types. Do you see that? If you, anyone whose heart is still stony, forget about this. You won't even... Um, you won't even perceive anything about spirit or you won't even know that this is happening. That this is this kind of season. But, but any soul that has taken journey out of stoniness of heart, that has attained a type of fleshiness of heart, it makes that, it helps that soul to, to, to do what? To have some perception of the spirit. Glory to God. But out of all flesh, Right, there is what you call an heart of flesh. It's, it's a type of fleshy heart that has in it a sure foundation. Right, it has, it has, something has been developed within that particular kind of flesh. Glory, glory be to Jesus. So those, those who own that kind of flesh are who they call sons and daughters. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, speaking to Israel, when they say your sons and your daughters, there's the way you would think about it. Your natural mind would just say, let's say in Israel there's a guy called, an example of an Israel name, Daniel. 
Okay, there's a guy called Daniel in Israel who has a son and a daughter. So this is now saying that someone like named Daniel who has son and daughter, his son and his daughter will do all these things. So the sons, or saying the sons and daughters of the people in Israel are the ones that, that's not what this place is saying here. Um, when it says your, don't see your as individual people. It's talking about a nation that has people called sons and people called daughters. Right, when you say the sons and daughters of Israel, it's not talking about male and female children of Israelites. He's talking about a nation that has produced sons and daughters. And what kind of sons and daughters? Sons and daughters after God. They're actually sons and daughters to God, which the nation has produced. Because here they are speaking to a whole nation. <laughs> They're just addressing the nation that at some point Israel should have produced sons and daughters to God. What kind of sons and daughters after the order of 2 Corinthians chapter 6? Do you remember that? It means they no longer touch the unclean thing. Because of that, I will receive you. And you shall be what? Sons. And be a father unto you. And you shall be my sons and what? And daughters. Sayeth who? The Lord Almighty. So, these sons and daughters are products of the sanctuary. They've been received. They've been received because they have been received. A sign, a proof, or a quality you find in them who have been received by the Father. So you must find the sure foundation in them. The, the, the sure foundation is the badge, the crest of graduation from the sanctuary, or is the crest of graduation from the holy mountain. You see, the holy mountain produces sons and daughters. Glory to Jesus. That's the, that's the, 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 they are sons. Glory to Jesus. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Mm. So they, these are products of the mountain. They are actually sons. How do you know a son of the mountain? He stands on the mountain. How do you know a daughter of the mountain? She stands upon the mountain. Why, why can she stand there? It belongs to her. It, the mountain has, has, has heaved her up and heaved him up and raised down and say, I welcome the sole of your feet. The sole of your feet, you are qualified to stand upon me. Glory to God. That is, who stands on Zion? It's a foundation whose foundation is Zion. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? There are beings who, Zion will say, you can stand on me. You have, you have fulfilled the program. You have fulfilled the course. You have graduated from Zion. Therefore, your feet can rest upon Zion. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, he said, how, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren. So, you see, those brethren to dwell together in what? Unity. 
how good and how pleasant it is. So this, this particular brethren they are speaking of here, uh, not, it's not just those with, with Christ's company. It's not just those who have a bit of charity. He's talking about those in whom I've come to a surety. There is a sure foundation inside of their souls and their brotherhood is according to that foundation. So when you check them, they are not just good people. They are good and pleasant. Right? Now tell me why, what makes them pleasant? We know that clearly pleasantness in Zion, you can't find pleasantness. Pleasantness is something that comes upon above Zion. Actually, pleasant, what makes you pleasant is the most holy. You must have, there must be something. You must have contacted the realm of joy. Do you get what I'm saying? That glory to Jesus. Are, are you seeing what I mean? It means that you must have, you must have, to be, to be pleasant, you must have picked the aroma that the right hand will welcome. Do you see that? Right? Another word for pleasant is joyful. Do you understand that? What does it mean to be pleasant means you are, you are compatible with the realm of pleasure, right? In his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand, what? Pleasures, whatever. So, so this, they have measure of pleasantness. It means that they are, the, 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 the pleasant here is, um, means pleasing. <laughs> pleasing is for, what is the most holy? The most holy is the realm of pleasant things. In the, in the most holy, they don't deal with stench. They don't deal with foul smell. Those are the things that the, the sanctuary should remove those things from you. Through, through ministries of burning, right, to extract our, you know what I mean, to reduce everything that is unpleasant to ashes and to cause beauty to emerge. That's the, that, that the holy mountain is, has, is powerful to reduce unpleasant things to ashes. Give them beauty for ashes. Glory to God. It's to, to when the, it's, when the, 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 the graduation from the holy mountain is the, for you to graduate for the holy mountain, because to make you graduate is to give you beauty. That's what the ministry of Zion is for. But beauty only comes for ashes. And if your ashes are not complete, they can't put beauty on you. So the, the scorecard of graduating from Zion is, they will say, has everything been reduced to ashes? Is there anything that hasn't yet been burnt up? If it's not been burnt up fully, they'll say, we, we can't put beauty on you. Because go and fulfill your cause. Of, there are still things in you that need to be burnt up. Do you understand what I mean? Glory. So the purpose of, of Zion is to produce beautiful. So how beautiful upon the mountain is, is how beautiful upon. How beautiful. How beautiful. Where on the mountain are the, the feet. You see that? Feet is 
what you call beautiful feet is upon the mountain. Right. The feet means what is touching the mountain is, is beauty. The, the emergence of a sure foundation is the emergence of a kind of beauty that can rest. Nothing that is without beauty can stand on Zion. Zion doesn't accept any other feet. If a feet that isn't beautiful try to stand on Zion, it will sink into Zion. Say, come back, we have, we can, we have things to, to work on here. Can you, do you get what I'm saying? If you are not beautiful, you try to stand on Zion, you will sink inside Zion. And when you sink inside, what will happen? They will unravel. <laughs> They will, they will have a curriculum of what? So, do you understand what I mean? You, you know that a, you know a stone can sink, like lava, right? So Zion is lava to and on to a non a, something that isn't sure. Right. If, if you are not sure, it means that you won't find Zion as a foundation. It won't, it won't solidify under your feet for you to stand if your soul is not sure. Do you get what I'm saying? Glory to Jesus. So these bearers of say how beautiful, let's see the description of, of this them that have beautiful feet. said that how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings. One of his qualification. That publisheth peace. Two, that's not all. If that's all he has, he will not be upon the mountain. They will say there are more things. Then it say that bringeth good tidings of good. So when you have good tidings of good, means pleasant tidings. Do you see that? So the good of good is good and pleasant. All right. It is, is, is goodness for pleasure. Not just any kind of pleasure. It is the pleasure of God. It's goodness for what the word, for the pleasure. What is pleasure? Pleasure means to something that is after a mark. You say, okay, it's good, it's good. Generally, you don't, you're not introducing a specific standard to that goodness. What is pleasantness? Pleasantness means goodness that is after perfection. You know, do you know it's different to be good and to please? You say, ah, that thing is good. Ah, 
but it won't please him. Do you understand what I mean? It means his standard is in one place that ah, these things are good. Though. Ah! But it won't. means it's not enough to please him. It means pleasantness is a mark. It's, a, it's, it's an attribute that is after perfection. So it means that what, what, what qualifies, what, what, um, what, thank you, Jesus. What discerns good is different from what can discern what is pleasant, right? What can discern what is good is different from the what will discern what is pleasant. A good light can discern a good thing, but you need a perfect light to discern what is pleasant. To measure, only a perfect light can measure pleasantness because it's, a perfect light is measuring goodness after a, st- a standard of perfection. Accuracy, sir, is a mark. So beyond good works, right? Colossians call it unto all pleasing. Do you understand? It's unto all pleasing. Let's read that in, in Colossians chapter 1. Praise Jesus. Glory to God that you might walk worthy of the Lord, right? Unto what all pleasing. You see that you, want, you will be fruitful in every good work, or you won't stop in that. Just bearing fruit is not enough, but it must increase in the knowledge of God. Right, you can bring good works. You say this is nice, awesome, beautiful, good works. Now, can we take these works and increase them in the knowledge of God? So, when to increase a thing in the knowledge of God is to bring it to perfection. Are you seeing that? Is to do what? Is to is to bring it. That's one thing about God. That everything about God is after perfection. I mean, absolute perfection. It is after perfection. It is be perfect. It's beyond saying that you should be good. After they would t- that's when you say be perfect, it's mainly a, a commission or a calling to a good thing. You can't tell a bad thing, be perfect. That's not, don't start from that. If you tell a bad thing, you will just lose that faint and forget about it. You will just be like, what do you mean by that? <laughs> you can't tell something that is bad to be perfect. He can't conceptualize that instruction. He can't, that's why you should be careful. Don't judge God too quickly. Don't judge God too. You know, some people might be like, what do you mean perfection? Oh, forget about this thing. You guys, are, you are too extreme. You are too, you are, you are a fanatic. Why, what do you mean by chasing perfection? Can you be perfect? How can a human being be perfect? Only Jesus can be perfect. At some point, maybe we all had such, such kind of, you know, you just settle into your own human weakness. Ah, am I Jesus? <laughs> I'm not Jesus now. At the end of the day, man na man. God na God. 
Let God be true and every man be what? <laughs> so you mean that the Bible even said it, every man be a liar. So. <laughs> you know, they say, if, you can always interpret the Bible anyhow. You know, in, in your, that's one thing. The Bible is tricky. You should be afraid of the Bible because whatever position you take, there's a, an accurate scripture for you. So, no matter your position, you can use the Bible to preach your, your, yourself. That's why Paul said, but we preach not ourselves, but Christ. means there are men who can preach themselves. How do you mean a man, how do you know a man is preaching himself? He raises standard of righteousness that came from him. But he will use scriptures. And when he's, he's lining the scriptures today, everybody will be afraid. Hey! You understand? But because you, you see scriptures doesn't mean that what that is preaching is from God. Men can preach themselves with the scriptures. They will show you chapter and verse of that righteousness. When Paul was speaking about the Pharisees, right, he said, I, have a I bear them record, they have a zeal for God. He was talking about the Jews, right? Actually, not just the Pharisees, the Jews. He said, my heart desire and prayer to God for Israel is in Romans 10 verse 1, is that they might be saved. For I bear them record, they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. It's a zeal for God, but not a, And so that zeal, right, they have a zeal, but it's not according to knowledge. For I bear them record that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. But who was he speaking concerning? A nation of the book. Everything they do is according to the book. Do you understand? It means the message of their zeal is not just, when you, when you hear the, their priests, the Pharisees even, the, Sadd the Sadducees, when they speak, when a, a Pharisee speak, he speaketh not without scriptures. Have you ever checked that when they came to Jesus, they always quote Bible? They always quote something. They don't just come without. <laughs> a sign of a Pharisee is that they have more scripture than you. That's a standard sign of a Pharisee. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. They have what? They have scriptures. But not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness. These are scripture men. Oh. They are, but they, as they are going about, they are preaching. They have a message. It's a zealous message. But what are they doing? They are going to establish their own righteousness and have not submitted themselves unto what? The word, unto the righteousness of God. Fafosta, 
Fapiostapania festifalia scriptures, 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 alefe pose scripture, fepioste scripture, fentia, I'm making you to see scripture. Scripture is not just scripture without the power. It is the power that makes you see the gospel, that makes you see righteousness. For it is power, power. For in the scripture you can see power without the help of the spirit, without the help of the spirit you can't come into the power that the scripture contains which is the gospel for out of the scripture gospel of Christ can be elevated that you may walk righteously but scripture can just be letter to some scripture can be letter to some for I said the letter kill it but my spirit give it life Scripture, old gospel, old gospel, which is power, which is power that can show righteousness. So beware, 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 for it is the gospel of Christ unto salvation. For gospel, it is the power, it is power, it is power, for out of scripture you can receive power, you can receive power Power for righteousness after the order of my God. After the order of my God. For in scripture you can receive the gospel which is power unto righteousness. Which is power. This is showing you power. This is unveiling and unearthing power that can make you walk in righteousness. The righteousness of my order. Thank you Jesus. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Good. Praise God. I'm pleasant. So, so it's clear that the journey is from, you can call it bad to good. <laughs> right? Bad just meaning not good. Or bad meaning not having good. Right? Not having good. Like, he said, in my flesh, do I let no good thing? No good thing. So, anything, flesh life is no good thing. Nothing good in flesh, right? Just flesh by itself. Flesh by itself is not good at all. There's nothing good about the flesh. Do I let no good thing? So to, to move, to introduce good, you have to move from flesh into spirit. And in spirit, the cause of the spirit, which is the, the, what the spirit has first, is the first good thing in the spirit is called Christ. Right, it will teach the soul goodness. Glory to Jesus. Let's see quickly at Colossians chapter 1. Praise God. Before, before verse 10, let's go back. What will make you walk worthy of the Lord? For this cause also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with what? The knowledge of his will in all wisdom and then what? And spiritual understanding that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom. In all wisdom. And in what? What he called spiritual understanding. Spiritual understanding is how good comes to you. Right? The, it's the method of making you good. Is by you can never make a thing good without making it spiritual. Is so spiritual understanding is 
different from the understanding of flesh. There is what is fleshly understanding, which doesn't come by or from the, or through the spirit. It is a revelation from flesh and blood. It's an operation or a carnal operation which the soul can have and the soul can buy into. And such a thing is not good. If you have that kind of operation, shut it down. Don't, allow, don't live after the flesh. If you live after the flesh, you will die. But if you, through the spirit, you mortify the deeds of the body. You, you mortify means you, you put to death. You kill them. You can put things to death. One of the, the things that the spirit will do is to, is to begin to, to short-circuit the operations of death within the soul. Death is a circuit, is a program that runs. But what does the spirit do? The spirit crashes the program of death. It makes it crash. It makes spirit causes the death program to stop functioning. You know, flesh yields fruit. One thing that flesh, one of the main things that makes flesh usable, you know, flesh has its profit. That's why men use flesh, right? <laughs> the reason why we love flesh life is because flesh also has its profit. It has its benefit. You can, you can learn how to yield through flesh. You, you learn how to transact by flesh and do business with flesh and to gain some kind of profit which flesh can give to you. Glory. But, you, but one thing about flesh is that flesh will always warn you. See, that spirit way. Don't move into spirit. Because spirit, why does flesh make you, make you, make the heart weary concerning the spirit? Flesh makes you not want to move towards the spirit. Because flesh know that spirit has the, the power, the, the operation. That, that, that spirit is a virus to flesh program. It just knows that spirit, flesh knows that once you move into spirit, it stops functioning. It starts having bugs. Spirit introduces bug to flesh. After a while, flesh can't produce well anymore. It can't, things just start spoiling because of the spirit. If you think at the flash of light than before, they, when they move you into spirit, it will slow you down. You can't, you can't be that fast in that way. Spirit will never allow you to move at the pace of the flesh. The spirit will always slow you down. So when, when you're trying to move a soul into the spirit, you see that war will begin to happen. And sometimes, as a, as a minister of the gospel, you have to begin to go behind the scene and begin to pray for the soul. You must pray for the soul because you've just thrown them into a war that they will need to fight. What is fighting? You know what I mean? Like you, you've opened up spirit and you've shown them spirit. You have unleashed spirit in a soul. Then a war will begin. One of the effects of the spirit being unleashed is that it begins to tamper with the, 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 the functioning of the flesh. The getting of results is no longer happening. It slows things down. That's one thing about the spirit. And you know that not every soul has the heart to endure that kind of thing. It's not easy to suffer a loss of productivity. It's not easy to suffer a reduction in yield. And I mean by yield means your what you produce as a person. But the spirit will 
tamper with it. The spirit is like a, just using the, the reverse analogy. The spirit is like a plague. It's like a, it's like a, um, it's like an infection. Imagine you plant crops that normally yield at a certain time, and when you just get there, you see all the leaves are white. There is a, something has infected the crops that puts the yield in jeopardy. You see, the horror that, the, that goes through the heart of the farmer when he sees such a sight. What's going to happen to my crops? What has brought? I didn't know this thing was such a virus. Why didn't the preacher tell me that this is going to happen? <laughs> Call what? Call 911. Amen. It will take some help. God will have to help such a soul to allow his crops to die. The spirit will act on those crops, reduce them, will go into the root and destroy them. And it will, take, it, will, it, will, it will stay upon the land for some time to remove every trace of evil, evil crops and food bearing from the land, to change the land altogether and then prepare the land for a different kind of seed to come. You see, the goal is to prepare that land to receive another kind of seed. That that seed, flesh can never cause God's seed to bring forth. It's spirit. Spirit is there. It's in the spirit atmosphere that God sows into. You see that? So to move from flesh to spirit is you must change method. Do you understand me? All of you, you're learning, you're learning Christ. You know that Christ is not just an ideology. It's not just scripture you are quoting. Christ is not just, if you stay at the level of just hearing and going to meeting, hearing messages, and that's all you are doing, you will not know, you actually have no idea what you are doing. You, are, you actually have no clue. For you to, for this ministry to open up to you, you must engage in, in a certain way. You must be willing to suffer loss, to slow down. You can't just be going at a pace and then add revelation to your speed. I've seen people try to do it. They don't. They can't stay. Some people have done that for years. They will be around. One day they will just wake up and be angry at everybody. <laughs> They'll just be angry at everybody. Whether you've, whether you've not even spoken to them for some time, or they're angry at you. Do you know why? Because they never allowed the spirit to interfere with their, you know what I'm saying? They, they kept driving. They threw the spirit in the back, in the, in the trunk, and they, keep, they kept moving with their own pace. You know you can throw your revelation in your backpack and continue your journey. You wrap it up very nicely and just put it there and then. You continue with your own speed and with your own pace. You have your own food, your own strength. But you are supposed to, to slow down, sit down, unwrap it, eat it, eat it. 
You are supposed to to eat a new strength. You know that? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Mercy, you understood that one. That's just the Lord saying that it's, this is mercy that is being ministered to you. Glory to God. Now, you notice that you don't eat while running. You know that it's not designed for, you don't eat while running. You don't, you don't, 900 kilometers per hour and then, at the same time, you can't be eating and be running. You don't. <laughs> right? In fact, the, 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 the design of eating is according to settling. So he prepared a table before me. He caused me to lie down in green pastures. You, you lie down in, in, in green pastures. You know, it's not just while you are running, then you are eating. No, there's a, you're sorry, because to, to eat, stop. Stop. You can't be walking out and be eating. <laughs> Calm down. You stop. You settle. Then you, you eat to change strength. Eating is like fuel. Now, can you be driving a car and be refueling at the same time? <laughs> the car is moving high speed, 100 kilometers per hour, but you, are, you can't refuel. No matter how in hurry you are, you go into a station. Say station. Station. Feeling station. Feeling station is feeding station. You, they will park you, no matter how in hurry you are. If you want fuel, you must park. You must stop. You must stop to feed. They that wait upon the Lord. They that wait upon. They will renew their strength. Renewal of strength occurs in waiting. They must be, the former strength must, must stop and must, must, must land and die. To take off again with a new strength. You can't just blend spirituality into carnality. And be <laughs> it's like trying to serve two masters. No. Someone must take over. There will be a day where you say that they sold you. This master gave up, gave you up. And then the other master took over. And brought you to his house. You don't serve to You hate one. You love the other. It's called that you are cheating one. That one is actually a lie, it's a facade, just something you put at the back that hasn't entered into your system. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Praise Jesus. Yeah. 
Glory to God. So that's the flesh and then what? Everybody must go through this. You must go through this. I wish you understand what I'm trying to say. Because I've seen casualties of people who never did that. You come around, you hear the word, but you are still, you know, you never exchange strength. You have to, how you know that you are exchanging strength is your former method, you, it will stop. Then you come into almost a kind of season of not having a way to do it. And they will can suspend you in such season. They will, is to crumble devices, former devices. And it won't be a switch like that. Yesterday you were using flesh, today you move into spirit. And you're now moving, you're now doing everything by the spirit. No, 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 no. You allow the flesh, it's an expiration. And then, when you, it won't expire at once. When you say flesh, I'm no longer living by you anymore. I will live no longer according to the flesh anymore. I will no longer live according to the flesh. And then, flesh, I'm dropping you, okay? No more arm of flesh. Because by the arm of flesh, shall no man prevail. I know that, I know that every victory you give me is a fake victory. I know I'm actually losing. I know that what you are stealing from me is more than what you, are, you, are, you, you say you are giving me. I know you are a trickster, you are a liar. So I'm gonna stop following you because I want to prevail. So flesh, I'm gonna put you down from today. It's okay, I don't need to know anything. I will just leave you. Then flesh will not go away, flesh will stay by you. What do I mean by staying by you? I mean that the day you decided to put down the flesh, when you wake up the next morning, and you check inside you, you find out that the program is still there. That if you choose, you can take it and use it. That it did not go away. It will still be yielding itself to you. <laughs> Are you sure that? <laughs> Flesh will just be looking at you. Ah, look at you. Is it that easy to change regime? You can't just change regime overnight. You must do campaign, you must do primary, you must do election, you must count the votes, you must check who win, they might dispute the vote, you might have to go through tribunal, you might have to be, are you seeing this long something to change the regime? So don't deceive yourself, man. Can you go through all those things? Why can't we just continue as we do? But they that do wait upon the Lord. It, would, it might take some time, but they shall renew. They shall renew their strength. If you're able to find courage and deny, keep denying it every day. No, I won't take you up. I'm not going to use you again. I, I would rather suffer loss. After in that place, a new culture in. A new sea. It's like the children of Israel moving out of Egypt into the wilderness. You know when they appeared in the wilderness from, you know how Egypt was, the land Goshen, flowing, everything, food, all kinds of things. They're moving into the wilderness. Maybe they expected God of heaven would just appear. Hey, I am the God of heaven on the first day. 
All that thou enjoyed in Egypt, I come to give you 10 times more. <laughs> you, know, you know, after partly Red Sea, you expect that, <laughs> this kind of operation. Then we imagine it. If, if we can pass through Red Sea, what kind of food, food we'll be eating in the wilderness? Do you understand? They are, their mind has been, they are waiting for the God of heaven. They, say that, they know that, what kind of table will he furnish for us in the wilderness? They felt that they would just move from Egypt, going into what? Eating all kinds of, right? But when they got there, what happened? Imagine staring at raw desert, just. <laughs> you know, after some time, after passing the rest, they sang a song. I mean, the joy of that God showing up was still inside their soul. They sang. Like, now imagine them singing. Let's say they started singing in the morning. Let's say they went overnight through the Red Sea, then song started in the morning after they all crossed, singing and singing and moving. Oh God, oh. he has triumphed gloriously. The is cast into the sea. Imagine starting that song in the morning. Then they say they will sing for some hours and all. After a while, hunger will start. Right? You start feeling okay. What's the next program? Say wilderness. Wilderness is a place of renewal of strength. Means that you can't have the, the way that Goshen yields. The wilderness will not yield that way. And there's nothing you will do to the land. The land itself is dead to you. It doesn't feel about you. It's to expire a kind of strength. Is to, to expose the heart. Is to make the soul cross from flesh to what? To spirit. The way you cross from flesh to spirit, you must abandon your devices. Nobody will take it from you. If you are waiting for one day to, for Pastor Jeff to appear in the night and say, hey, that device, go and bring it out. <laughs> from where you hid it. Maybe you expect me one day that I will just call you secretly and just say, hey, look at your soul. Say, hey. <laughs> no, some of you think that maybe I'll say, I know what thou hast been. <laughs> the, Lord, the Lord informed me in the night. He showed me the secret of thy doings. And I've come to tell you that it's time. Shall I tell you guys a secret? God doesn't show me the secret things you are doing. Shall I tell you on that thing? I don't want to see them. Do you understand? So if you are waiting for, ah, maybe... Ah, one day God will show Pastor Jeff this thing. Oh. So let me keep doing it until that day. I'm waiting. 
what judges the secret of men's heart is not vision of the pastor. Even if I can see all the vision and I talk to you, most likely, 99.9%, after crying and breaking down and weeping, the next day, you will do worse than you've been doing before. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So, no, no, let me just announce to you that no such day is what? It's coming. So, just try to speak to yourself and make a decision to abandon the things you need to abandon. Make a decision to drop flesh and take spirit. Make a decision to abandon your devices and and, and in sincerity, submit to the, the regime of the spirit. And say, Lord, anything you will not bring by your spirit around me, I don't want to, I no longer want the perfume of flesh around me. All what I want is the perfume of the spirit. I want the savour of the spirit. I want to live spirit-sponsored life. That's what they call spirit-sponsored living. It's, it's pretty. It's cute. It's beautiful. It smells nice. It's lovely. It's rich. It's blessed. As opposed to flesh, what? It's ugly. It stinks. It's nasty. It causes defilement. It causes anger. It causes sorrow. It causes all kinds. It causes trouble, problems. All, there's no, no good thing in the flesh. See, no, nothing good can come out of flesh. Even the most tiny flesh will cause the biggest problem after it has matured. <laughs> you know, the reason why we hide our flesh is because we feel it's so tiny, it can never be detected. It will go under the radar. But you don't know that flesh grows. That the goal of that flesh is to take over. Every flesh program is after, it operates after the wisdom of sin. And the wisdom of sin is the wisdom of, of rain. Every sin is heading to rain. There's no sin that will say, okay, we've tried, we've only corrupted a bit, let's just stay in our little corruption zone. Every sin wants to take over. It wants, sin wants to ride upon the chariot of your heart and sit there as a king, saying, who can shift me out of here? Or he says, but I'm born again. Shut up, sit down there. You are who are you? When you, when you, if you allow sin to reign, one thing that sin does is sin weakens righteous judgment. Sin removes, it removes sense of spiritual identity. Sin will make you forget whose you are, who you are. You understand what I'm saying? Sin will, can kidnap the the mind. Sin will kidnap the soul and then he will hide you. Sin will change the name, your name, and then give you another name. That's what sin does. It will make you forget. It can be a child of God in your spirit. That's your own problem. But as far as sin is concerned, you belong to somebody else. And you, will, you must live according to the name which you bear. Do you get what I'm saying? 
That's why in the most, in the secret, secret recesses of your heart, in the most secret place of your heart, you must make a decision to side with God. Always. Always. No matter how tiny, no matter how little, no matter how insignificant it is, you must get, train yourself to take God's side. Like David, who was a man of the spirit, as opposed to Saul, in the most little thing, he was honest. He said, how, how will I do this thing? He refused to touch the Lord's anointed. He respected, while he would have been justified before all of Israel, before all his servants, they will feel that God has committed Saul into your hand. He has been looking for you to kill him. You, you actually are more anointed than him, and you know it. Why would David call Saul the Lord's anointed? Everything about his anointing, he was, enough, was anointed enough to be blinded to what Saul anoint, Saul's anointing. If you are the one, if you saw Saul, the last thing you will call Saul is anointed. So what kind of devil is this? Demonic king. How can you pursue a little boy throughout the whole nation? Raise an army to go after a little boy who did nothing to you. You are evil. All the bad words, you will use that against Saul. You will never see the anointing on him. It takes a righteous heart. In being justified to kill Saul, David was, in terms of any standard you will look at. But for his heart to, to move those things aside, not see them, and check it, and, and then what mattered at that moment was the anointing on him. Beyond all the, all the things that makes him, him right to be killed, or that will make me justified in killing him. David put those things aside because his heart was not, was, his heart wasn't weak in searching for righteousness. He would check when it doesn't look, he's not able to discern righteousness. He wouldn't just presume. He will wait and he will wait and check it properly. Would I be making any mistake in killing Saul? It takes a righteous heart to do that. He searched for it. I said, no, it would be unrighteous to touch the Lord's anointed. I won't touch the Lord's anointed. Glory to Jesus. Praise God. So I was just teaching you about flesh and spirit. Say flesh. flesh. And don't what? And don't confuse them. They are different laws. Flesh can speak to you. It doesn't mean that, that what flesh says is not all there is. The spirit has something else to say. Do you see that? Amen. So goodness can only come from the spirit. Praise Jesus. Back to, first, to Colossians chapter 1. Amen. That you might walk worthy of the Lord. Glory to Jesus. Unto what? All pleasing. Then being what? Fruitful what? In every good work. And then what? Increasing in the what? Knowledge of God. Increasing in the knowledge, in the knowledge, in the knowledge of God. I want the Lord to help us. Uh, one of these things I'm saying, what makes you want to use flesh is because the heart is, talk, is lost that 
that right when desires conceived it will bring forth loss when loss is mature then it will bring forth sin that lost means when you tie yourself to i must have this i must get this this must be mine when you look into the spirit you see might say that the spirit is not interested in giving you that or the spirit is not speaking about that thing that you're interested in there's no, you're not seeing a pathway, you're not seeing a leading, you're not seeing a promise, you're not seeing a way, you're not seeing, there's no clarity in the spirit that is showing you that thing. It's easy to shut down the spirit. And then when you look at the flesh, flesh will show you, you need to see programs, creativity, means, ways, to, that has that thing that you're looking for right in front of you. One of the, the secret of not living after the flesh is don't tie your heart to anything. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Don't do what? Don't tie your heart to anything. Don't tie your heart to anything. Don't, don't accept anything as a foregone conclusion. This thing must be in my life, no. That's the beginning of what? Flesh. Because God is larger than life. God is bigger. There's no one thing on this earth that, even if, like, ah, the Lord told me that, that would be mine. Yeah. After he told you that thing, the fact that he said this thing will be yours, doesn't now make him smaller than it. It doesn't now mean that the eternal God is now bound for, to, for that thing. Because the Lord, because men are corrupt, the moment God tells you anything, I will give you this. He himself knows that that promise is subject to corruption in your heart. That's why he will never hang on to it. The, the Lord, no one he said, okay, this thing is your own. It seems I will tell you, it's not evil spirit, it's God. You'll be sure God has said this thing is mine. But the moment he tells you that thing, he knows you. He knows that that thing he has told you, he knows that flesh can give you visions of it. The same thing, flesh will not bring something else. A lot of times, flesh doesn't bring his own things. Flesh will bring vision of what God has given you and now show it to you. You see this thing? God has showed you this thing and given you this thing. Therefore, it is yours. That's the first thing he will convince you about. And once you are convinced this thing is yours, it means it must be mine. It shall be mine. What will happen? Flesh will now begin to say, okay. I know one thing about God. Oftentimes, God tells you something, but he doesn't always show you how. He will wait. He might not show you this is how exactly. He won't say, do this A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H. You arrive there. He won't say that. Do you know why? 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 Because nothing means anything to God. Well, if God said, I will give you this, it's not because that thing means anything. If God comes and tells you that, I want to give you something, 100%, the reason why he sent you, he said he will give you that thing is because in getting that thing, there is a process that will add things that have nothing to do with that thing to your soul. That's one thing you must learn. With God, it is always about the process. 
always, 100% of the time. It's never about a thing. <laughs> because what God will give to men are not things. They are things that process in part. <laughs> do you, do you, are you getting a sense of what I'm teaching you? There's nothing that you say, God gave me nothing. Think of anything on this earth. It didn't come from God. It came from somewhere that, someone that made it or something. You understand what I mean? It is. So that's why you don't tie yourself. But flesh will make you just see that thing. And then when you see it, the flesh knows how to invent methods, ways and methods to get things. And so so some, sometimes when, you, when, when, when God says, says uh, to a person, I'll give you that, sometimes all God has planned to give, right? The enemy will hijack it and use it to kill instead, if you are not careful. When you are, you are walking with God, be process-oriented. Be, be process-oriented. Do you know that the first time God says, I will give you this land, all the guys who were alive when God said that thing, they all died before the land came. So it wasn't about God giving specific men a specific land. It's about the, all the things that going for that land will generate. The process it will add to the soul to attain. Like Abraham, for example. God said, I will give you a son. The son came because he bring the son back to me. The same God who promised Abraham to give him a son is the same one that allowed his, wife, his wife's womb to be locked for a, ta- a long time. So it's not really about the son. It's about what he will go through. He must walk by faith. How will he walk by faith? Introduce some kind of need. Program where he needs something. I will promise that thing to him. and Let him try and walk. Walk before me and be thou perfect. That was the word God told him. Walk before me and be thou perfect. That's always what God is telling to the soul. Walk worthy of the Lord. Colossians chapter 1, verse 10. Unto what? All pleasing. So what pleases God is the walk and the work. Right? Being fruitful in every good work and doing what? Increasing where? In the word knowledge of God. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. How good and how pleasant, right? We're speaking about um, Zion, the feet of them. Sorry, how, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren, sorry, to dwell together in what? Unity, you see. Go on, verse 2. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even what? Aaron's beard that went down toward the skirts of his garments. Glory to Jesus. And then, as the dew of Hermon, amen, as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, praise God, amen. Glory to God. Upon the mountain of Zion, for there the Lord commanded what? The blessing, even what? 
life for forevermore. Praise Jesus. So the, let's now go back to Joel, pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, you see that? And then your sons and your what? Daughters shall what? Prophesy. So like I said, sons and daughters are who? Who are sons and daughters? Okay, how did they come about that? The rain, okay. What is their position in the spirit? They are sons of, they, they are sons of Zion. They are product of Zion. See, out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, at God has shined. Glory to Jesus. See, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your what? Then you see your old men. See, sons and daughters. Then old men shall do what? Dream. Dreams and then your young men shall do what? See, so these are all different. You see, sons and daughters first, then beyond that, young and old. These are so sons and daughters, then young and old. Young and old are a further categorization in the realm above Zion. Do you see that? Now you see prophecy, then you see dreams and visions. Prophecy, you see dreams and what? Vision, prophecy. These are all things that the pouring out of the spirit in that season will, will bring about. To bring out prophecy, then it will, it will bring about what? Dreams and what? and vision. Glory to Jesus. So, in the book of Isaiah, amen. Um, let's go back to Isaiah. I'm so sorry, <laughs> time has gone. Um, he said, the vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos saw concerning what Judah and Jerusalem. So you see, this is a season of, this is, um, of course, the Old Testament time, there are types of what we are talking about, right? So in the time of this prophecy of Isaiah, was the nation had come into a certain kind of season. And a, a sign of that season was the raising of the ministry of certain kind of prophets. Certain what? kinds of prophets according to different orders. You had, there are, there are prophets of, who, of prophecy, means prophet who prophesied. Then you have prophet who saw vision. You have prophet who saw dreams. Right, all those manner of prophets, you see them in the, old, in the Old Testament now. But this one was a vision Right, which Isaiah saw. Right, it's it's funny. Isaiah saw a vision, but Isaiah's vision didn't start from. Um, um, it, it wasn't. He saw things before he saw the Lord. He saw the Lord in chapter six, but before he saw the Lord, there are many things that he saw. He saw the vision of Isaiah here 
was a vision even higher than the sanctuary. It was higher than a sanctuary vision. It was the first vision that he saw was actually a vision of the last days. Yes. This season, you, you, there's no time, but go and read this chapter one. Everything he's describing was about the last days. Is the state of factions or even majority of Israel in a season of the last days. Praise God. Concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzzah, Jotham, Ahaz, Hezekiah, kings of Judah, hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. When you're saying children here, these are Christians. If you want to interpret and translate this vision, they are what? This is the lamentation of the Lord. I have, I have labored, I have nourished, and I have brought up children, and they have what? Rebelled against me. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's creep. But Israel doth not know, my people doth not consider. A sinful nation. Amen. Amen. Do you know that the church can answer, can, you can put the church in this place? How many of the church know their owner? Or how, many of the ch- how much of the church even considers? <laughs> a sinful nation, ah, sinful nation. Oh, people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They are forsaking the Lord. They have provoked the Lord, one of Israel, unto anger, and they are gone away backward. Why should you be stricken anymore? You will revolt more and more, and the whole head is sick, and the whole heart faint. From one sole of the foot even to the head, there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and petrifying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. Your country is desolate. Your cities are bound with fire. Your land, strangers devour it in your presence, and it is desolate as overthrown by strangers. And the daughter of Zion is left as a cottage in the vineyard, as a lodge in the garden of cucumbers, as a besieged city. So now this is speaking specifically about the daughter of Zion in verse 8, before it was speaking about the state of everybody in the nation. But the daughter of Zion uh, is, the, is actually the, the peculiar child which the entire church is supposed to care for. Right, the, 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 the church is supposed to care, supposed to recognize this daughter as special and care for her. You understand what it says? The daughter of Zion. The daughter of Zion is like a, is a precious um, um, ecclesia within the ecclesia, which the brother ecclesia is supposed to take care of. Glory to God for the, for the devotion to the, the, the will of God. Glory to God. But it's as a cottage in the vineyard, as a lodge in the garden of cucumbers, as a besieged city. Then verse 9. Except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant. So this is the say remnant. remnant. There's, there, you must understand the power of remnant. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? It's a, it's a principle of salvation. A, salvation can never happen without this order 
That's why someone can get confused. Oh, why are you, only three of you are hearing this word? Do you feel you are special? Why don't, why isn't everybody preaching the same thing you are preaching? Have you read the Bible? Why will everybody preach the same thing you're preaching? Has God ever, has God ever, ever saved everybody at once? In a whole generation of men, God preached and preached and preached. Only one man, eight souls were saved. All were, were destroyed. Nobody heard the message. Only Noah and his family who didn't even fully hear the message. They only heard enough so that they can enter the ark. Then after the ark landed, they started causing problems. <laughs> Do you get what I'm trying to say? The, the, God sent his own son into Israel. He didn't find many guys. Just found 12, then a few, 70, 500, out of a whole nation of people. At the end of the day, they took him and they killed him. Do you get what I'm trying to say? That you need to understand the operations of God, that in this kind of season, there is a small, say small, small. verse 9. Understand the principle of a small remnant. If the small remnant don't understand it, they will get disillusioned, get weary, get tired. Why is it only us? Why is it only us? Let's, let's leave it and let's go and do what everybody else is doing. If you don't understand the, the principle of what is small remnant, it's never been the case that majority validates the truth. It's not according to Bible for you to say, Everyone is not doing it. Everyone is not saying it, therefore it's not true. That is against the principle of the Bible. Actually, according to the Bible, the truth is among the few. It's among little, right? It is sealed among the disciples. You bind up the testimony, seal it among the disciples. That's the principle, glory to God. Except they left unto us a very small remnant we should have been as Sodom, and we should have been like what? Gomorrah. So it means that at this season, what was around the nation is Sodom and Gomorrah. I mean, the influence of, you know, the church has different seasons. The church, there's a season where the church is around the influence of Egypt. Now when you check, what is the temptation of, of God's people? When you check outside, it's Egypt trying to influence them. That's one season. There'll be a season when they will come under the, the, what, the influence of Babylon. Babylon is worse than Egypt. When you have Babylonish influence around, it's very, it's very, very, because Babylon is stronger. Hawaiian can travel far. It's dangerous. That's one season. But there'll be a season when, when the church looks outside, all is surrounded with is Sodom and Gomorrah. That's the season that he's speaking concerning here. That by that time, when you check the church, inside the church is, has gone so far, there's so much bad in the church. This is what the, he's been describing. This state is a very bad state that he's been describing. It's just that there's just a remnant. And he said that if not for that, if God didn't leave a remnant, if not, if God the entire nation will be as what? Sodom. But the remnant may not really know what their power, what they are doing. 
might just feel like, ah, we're just here. Everyone is having a party. Everyone is having a nice time. We're just this here with this boring thing, this remnant life. <laughs> remnant. Remnant. Remnant living. Why can't we also have a party? But you don't know that except the Lord left a remnant, what will happen? We should have been as what Sodom, and we should have been like what? Unto Gomorrah. Hear the word of the Lord, ye rulers of Sodom. Give ye unto the law of the Lord, ye people of Gomorrah. To what purpose is the multitude of your practice? So it goes on. I just wanted to show you this season. So when it says that these days, when it says it shall, it shall come to pass in the last days, the prophecy of chapter 2 of Isaiah is speaking about this kind of days. When the, the last days is the days when the church is surrounded by Sodom and surrounded by what? Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah. Amen. Amen. Chapter 2, quickly. And the word that Isaiah the son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem, and it shall come to pass. Pass, pass, pass. Praise Jesus. That the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established where? In the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above what? The hills. And what will happen? All nations shall do what? Flow into it. Can you imagine this season when Sodom is ravaging? Right. Do you know Sodom, Sodom, Sodom season? You want to know about Sodom? Go and read it. The time of Lot and how Sodom, <laughs> Sodom nature. Sign of Sodom nature is they don't respect God. You know, that's Abraham encountered different nations. There was a time he encountered Egypt. Egypt was different. The language of Egypt. When he encountered the king of Egypt, it was it was they have their Egypt has its own issue. Egypt doesn't like God, but it's different from Sodom. Sodom, they are different. They have no sense of, no respect. They went to sleep with an angel, right? They said, Say, ah, it's an angel. Don't worry, bring him out. Just. <laughs> we know what to do with him. The time of Sodom is when, you know, Lot was living in Sodom, right? The Bible says that the, 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 the things they were doing, their unrighteousness was vexing his righteous soul. Sodom is as a power of vexation. That if you are living righteously, you will be eating vexation of your spirit constantly. 
constantly, constantly. Because men would have gone past feeling. They would have gone, they would have taken nature and violated nature. Do you understand what I mean? It's a, it's a brutal time and a brutal season. In such a time, that's not a time for a Christian to be thinking about their life. That's not the time for you to be lusting after earthly life. You have a goal. Ah, that's the kind of life I want to live. The funny thing is that the kind of life that you lost after doesn't exist anymore. It actually doesn't exist. And maybe it's the way life was painted to you. Maybe growing up, well, I'll just have this, I'll just have that, I'll have my nice life and all of those things. Such life does not exist anymore. The time of owning things is over. Forget it. Well, I will have a house. You cannot have a house. <laughs> this, the, the era of men having a house is over. We're now in the season of a house owning men. <laughs> Do you get what I'm trying to say? Just, you're just a person. I will own a house. I will own a car. I will own this. You can't have those things anymore. There's a time when men were able to manage such things. But now, such man has, has depreciated. Spirits have poured their, 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 the way they poured, they've anointed things. Houses, is what a house was before is no longer what it means. They've dressed house with things that your natural strength cannot fight. It will, it will own you, it will swallow you. Am I saying don't have a house? No. But to have a house, what must you do? You must be bigger than the house. And God must bring it to you. It means that if you own anything, it must, have, must come through the spirit. That's the only way to, the, the, there will be safety. It? This is not a time, I'm sorry to say. This is not a time when you just say, yeah, I want that, I just go get it. You, you will, you don't know what is out there anymore. Oh, I don't like to live here, I like to live there. Oh, I'm leaving, bye-bye, I'm going, to all of you. Wow, this is not working for me anymore. I'm going to cities. <laughs> Do you understand what I mean? This is not a time where you use things. Things use men now. You know, I'm, I'm going to move there. I will live. You don't know what is there. You don't know. When, when, when you, there's a life prepared. <laughs> Do you, do you get what I'm trying to say? I'm not trying to scare you or anything. I'm just telling you how it is. If you say no, you're just saying things. Oh, yeah, go and then do what you want to do. And then be sincere. After two years, check your soul. And you, we don't value what it means. When you, say, ah, you know when it says check your soul, it's like this soul thing self, everything so, so, so. You know, there's a way you can feel that way. You feel like this soul thing is not important. You don't know the value of your soul until you have been stolen from. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? When I say stolen from, what do I mean? When things have left you, you don't know where they are to get them back. You know what, when they say the thief coming about to steal, to kill, and to destroy, there are things that the Satan removes from men. For example, you can take your fire for God. They can take your love for God. Right? 
It's not a giving. Ah, I like God. Oh. That's the way God makes me feel. I love to be around him. You feel like it's a giving that you always be like that. No, there are things that I empower to take that from you. Nice things. <laughs> then when, the, when those things are gone, you, you are left wretched with the wretched world. And nothing around you even satisfies anymore. Because nothing can satisfy the soul except God. What will you give in exchange for your soul? There's nothing you can give. So, the, so you see, that's, that's seduction. Like that makes you feel like there are things out there for you outside of God. Right? Is Praise God. It's a, it's a deception. Why? Because the language of the, of the, of the scripture is a foreign language. It's, 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 the scripture doesn't speak in terms of our thinking. No, we, we count money. We count possessions. We count relationships. Those are the things we count. But the scripture is counting soul things. It's counting. Those things you can't count and you can't see, but are critical to your well-being. The scripture counts them. So while those things are being numbered, you might not see value of those things. You can go and look for other things. Do you see that? But when, and the funny thing is that if you meet somebody who left God and, and have been, has been robbed by Satan, when you see they are weeping, when you see they are crying, it's hard for that story to translate. You, you don't know what that soul is feeling. And, but Satan, he knows that, so he will capitalize. No, I just know you. You always be okay. In fact, in fact, you know, these guys they just stay in one place and just do God, what, 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 message, message, meeting. They don't know. They are not. They need to expand their mind. You know, serving God doesn't mean they just stay in one place. You can be dynamic. You know, you can do it in a certain way. You know, you can. After all. You are above the world, you know. You are, things can, you know, you can handle things, you know. You can, <laughs> like you were saying, when Noah is preaching, enter the ark, enter this ark. What do you mean? A flood is coming, oh, this flood. You see, what do you mean by flood? It's not rain. We've seen rain now. I'm sure that some of them who believe that rain is coming, no, there are different class of unbelief. There are those who might believe, okay, this man is a prophet. Rain is truly coming. I sense it somewhere. But they didn't believe that this, your ark, is the only solution to this rain. There are different levels. You understand what I mean? We know that the world is evil here. Yeah, we know. We know that, you know, it's good to love God and not to love. That. We know, we know. But why do you feel that like this is your message? Is this message? Why? I didn't know other expressions, other, you know, other ways to express, you know, those kind of things. But they told this man, this is the ark. God gave him specification. The ark is not up to your idea. There's only one thing. When this water I'm sending comes, only one kind of thing can float in this water. And he gave the wisdom of that thing. So some men would have believed, okay, we agree, water will come, but... We know maybe they have their own, they have a raft in their backyard that they are building, you know, that maybe some of them, you know, Noah was not a carpenter. I don't believe. He just did that job because God gave him specification. But there must have been carpenters in the land who designed boats for a living. Some of them will believe, okay, yeah, well, what do you mean, you know, you know what I mean? Like you're going to preach to a pastor. There's something called oracles of God, the word of righteousness. Yeah, I understand, yeah, the days are evil, yeah, we have to be careful, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
well, he doesn't believe in your own act. He believes that because he has a, a doctor of theology, he believes that he has what it takes. Are you understanding what I'm trying to say to you? The, the time, the last days are days of great wisdom. You must be wise. There's a way. You must be wise a certain way. See, the being who is after your soul, he has checked out men. For, for centuries, he's been studying wisdoms. And he knows what kind of thought will have appeared to the last day man. They've done it in their laboratory. And they know all the pathways. They've made sure all the doors to destruction are open. Say, broad is the way. Broad is the way. Now, you see that broad way that leads to destruction. How many ideas fall into that way? All the creativity. You know, my own version of Christianity, many versions of Christianity are in that way that leads to destruction. But straight is the gate. Narrow is the way that leadeth to life. Amen. Amen. The Lord will help us. You won't be like the rich man. Who after he had arrived in that side, he now said, hey, can you dip the finger inside? Glory to God that you will, you will hear the Lord. You will heed to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Time has gone. Father, we thank you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Lord, you are sounding to us. This is mercy sound. Mercy sound. Mercy sound. You are sounding the sound of salvation. It's, it's, this is the plea of mercy. Mercy begging to souls as many who will hear that this is the day of salvation. That we ought to hear you even in a, in a time accepted. Lord, this is a time of help. I pray, Lord, that every soul will hear your voice. Amen. He said, why this call today we shouldn't harden in our, our heart. We should heed the call in the spirit. But I am praying, Lord, for grace. This is not condemnation from you. This is just you expressing your desire. You will have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. Our Father, I pray that let your, your saving sound, let your voice sound in every heart today. I pray, Lord, the power to make decisions, to disengage from wrong ways, wrong paths, to choose the path of salvation. Give to our soul. Pour more wisdom. Holy Spirit, make this word rich. Make it dynamic. Give us illustrations, analogies, images within our soul to drive it home, not to hear even what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Thank you, our Father. We give all the praise to your holy name. I give you glory. I pray for any heart who is weak. Cause strength to rest upon you. I said that it's not by power, nor by mind, but it's by my spirit. I ask that there be a release of your spirit. The spirit with shoutings, grace, grace, grace to it. Thank you. I pray grace be released over the heart and over the souls of your children. Thank you, our Father. We give all the praise to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. 
Amen. Praise God. God bless you. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth.